Hi, I'm Chief Mike Force, and you're listening to WhatCopsWatch.com on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. They all wear uniforms. They're honored to wear the badge. They defend life and property and carry guns. While they're often called superheroes, they, in the end, are humans, just like you and I. This is WhatCopsWatch.com. I'm Captain Chris Giuseppe. I'm an author, a screenwriter, and I've been in law enforcement for over 20 years. I'm Mike Wilkerson, the media generator with thousands of entertainment podcast reviews across a decade plus, loaded and ready for bear. The television programming is out there. The feature films are bigger, more action-packed than ever, and out there too. It's a growing world of media, both on and offline, but what do cops watch? Get ready to cross the yellow podcast tape and learn more about the thin blue line. It's time for another episode of WhatCopsWatch.com. The City of New York, an actor that has so many great roles, charity efforts, and legacy that it makes most people's head hurt. The value of watching Gary Sinise inside a program like CSI New York is that there's literally no effort required. We'll be visiting the very first episode of CSI New York, Season 1, Episode 1, entitled Blink, here on WhatCopsWatch.com via the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris Giuseppe, your other host. Chris and I have both focused on CSI New York, mostly because it's got one of the best actors that's in Hollywood currently, Gary Sinise. We thought it would be a really great inaugural episode of WhatCopsWatch.com to focus inside of CSI New York. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Sinise just, uh, he captures it. He's um, he's great in the role that he plays, and um, as far as in law enforcement, um, I think he just, he gets it. He, he not only gets the law enforcement aspects, but he gets everything that is a shakeout of being in the military. Uh, Lieutenant Dan inside of Forrest Gump is a testimony to anything, if anything, uh, in that vein. And I, I, I'm really excited to review this first one. Uh, Chris, why don't we tell everyone where we watched uh, and what we know about this program in general. I watched this via Hulu Plus, Chris. Uh, again, it's $8.99 a month. My wife and I get lots and lots of real value out of it. And it literally is maybe 35, 40 seconds to get in. You have to deal with commercials maybe four times during it, but it's usually between one and three commercials that are very short. It was great stuff and instantly available via the internet. Yeah, I watched it via Netflix, mm-hmm. and um, same with Netflix. In fact, I'm not even sure how much Netflix is. Was like seven ninety nine a month or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, no commercials, and uh, very easy. To oh, with access. no commercials, that's a very interesting perspective too. We'll have to make sure we talk about that a little bit during yeah. the review here. And again, the what I know about this program is that Gary Sinise is in it. I've watched probably three or four episodes, none of which I've seen from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I know that it is inside the CSI colon realm mm-hmm. of CSI program, so I expect a reasonably high bar. Yeah, absolutely. Joining us later in the episode will be Detective Sergeant Brett Carbray, who has expertise in crime scene processing, also in cyber crimes, and he's going to give us a uh, unique perspective on some of the things we see in CSI New York. Yeah, and it's one of the great details inside of WhatCopsWatch.com that I love is that we're literally bringing in the special people with special skill sets that pull off the skill sets every day to give you some insight on what you see inside of the cone of either television and feature films. Great stuff. The good Sinise. Ah, we've 
provided our wad already about Sinise. But again, another piece that I want to focus on for everybody is he doesn't just bring roles into things like this. He brings gravity. There is a legitimate, even inside of this very first, you'd think, ah, it's just kind of their episode. What's not? There is significant impact because of Gary Sinise's acting skill set. I agree. And even beyond off camera, even beyond the camera, you know, how, how Sinise is in you know, real life, you know, mm-hmm. his uh, patriotism mm-hmm. and uh, his uh, dedication to, uh, you know, the military and mm-hmm. such just makes you like him even more. He's I was a great actor. I was that. involved in an effort called Streetscape TV and they had a chance to interview him and he uh, extraordinarily warm, incredibly giving and vibrant. Mm-hmm. He, he has that. I don't know what that just surrounds him and it really does leech off on other people and it shows inside the television show. I agree. Camera shots and cinematography, in particular, the slow-mo blood traveling through the brain. Yeah, it wasn't hot on the slow-mo blood traveling through the brain, but those camera shots are are just epic. I love them. Not uh, not only the epic, their signature inside of the CSI-style series across the board, no matter CSI colon whatever city they've got. Right, and whatever whatever they spent on uh, developing that, it's worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Including someone that's paralyzed. All right, so everybody raise your hand if you think you can have an engaging actor portrayal of someone that is paralyzed. Yeah, And I'm talking like quadriplegic, like all they can do is blink. (laughs) Right. Well, watch and here it happens. And it's and I think it's a unique aspect too. It's uh, you know, hey, look here, here, I'm going to take this to a new level. I'm going to go interview a victim Mm -hmm. that can't move, can't speak. Uh, I loved it. Not only did I love it, it is a great and I think very profound nod to Lieutenant Dan again. Watch Gary Sinise revolutionize the way people see people with no legs. Now watch Gary Sinise revolutionize the way people see people that can't talk and can only blink. Right. And score. It, and Hard I could, score. I could see it going through his mind, too. Look, i got to set up this case. You know, it's a, it's a big case. And I've got, you know, I'm going to eventually have to take this to court. Yeah. I've got somebody that can't talk. But you know what? I'm still going to go the distance mm-hmm. and see what I can do. The silence of the lamb feel and flavor. Bad guys are bad. Now, for those of you that haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, I don't want to spoil anything, but you need to go see this movie. (laughs) Absolutely. It's one of my favorite mass murderer movies, uh, mostly because of the flavor that it gives, uh, but also the suspense. That is a real hardcore suspense film. There's a lot of gore in it as well, right? but I I think it's appropriately used gore inside of that because the crimes are so horrific in it. Yeah, you get the flavor that the bad guy is really twisted. They're they're really a sociopath. You know, when I got into uh, CSI New York, this first episode, I got that feel, you yeah. know, when, when they yeah. the bodies start showing up and then they start having these unique things, unique marks on them, so on and so forth. You really got that, that serial killer perspective. Yeah, there's a, I, I, there's a waft to that inside of especially writing episodes like that. And to be able to pull that off and showcase it inside the smaller screen, I think that's tremendous. Yep. The integration of 9-11. Now, there have been a lot of programs, in particular movies, that have pulled this off, in my opinion, done it wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the creative staff, if not the director or the cast, whomever, they'll want to be providing some sort of homage to 9-11 by mentioning it inside of whatever they're creating for mm-hmm. whatever uh, feature film or inside of a television series. And very often, it comes off as, got to make sure we mention 9-11. Right. And that's not what happens here. This no. is paid as a true homage, uh, not only throughout the entire 
uh, mosaic that you see of New York used inside of this episode, but in particular the end of this episode. And the way that they, they just give you a taste, you know, they hint at, you know, something happened with his wife. It's got something to do with 9-11 and that scene, you know, at the end where, he, you know, he's looking at the memorial and mm -hmm. who better to do it but a patriotic guy like Gary Sinise. Yeah, and especially as they've painted his character. The, the We talked about this forever inside of not only whatcopswatch.com, but two guys talking properties where an actor that can say nothing and still say so much is that much better an actor. Exactly. And it's never been pulled off better than Gary Sinise inside this episode. Exactly. So what did you think about our list of goods inside this episode of CSI New York? Let us know if there are other goods that we need to make sure we include uh, by going to our website at whatcopswatch.com. Click on the contact area on the right-hand side of the page, fill out the quick web form, and let us know what you think. We'll be right back with some more detail about CSI New York here during whatcopswatch.com. Who isn't interested in becoming a voiceover artist? Read the commercials, create the custom on-hold phone messages and TV and film and game narration today with The Voice Farm. Find out more right now by accessing voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Looking for a straightforward user interface on a cost-effective, feature-filled, multi-track recording software? Call off the search! Mixcraft from Acoustica has exactly what you're looking for. It's time to include reliable audio creation and editing software with real punch into your projects. Check out Mixcraft now over at acoustica.com forward slash Mixcraft and start a new generation of audio creation and editing today. Hello. Do you know who this is? Two guys talking the Matrix? Yes. It was a movie that smashed records, imaginations, and limits for gunfire inside of feature films. The Matrix, 1999, directed by the Wachowski brothers, was recently put squarely inside the crosshairs of the perspective review from Two Guys Talking. We talk about the hype, the money, the good, the bad, provide a rating, and discuss the franchise. Also, learn about all the great weapons utilized inside The Matrix from SovereignArms.com's Matt Gummersell, Senior Firearms Instructor specializing in dynamic weapons training. Don't miss yet another record-breaking perspective review from Two Guys Talking. All this and more is waiting for you, as well as the decision to take the blue or the red pill over at twoguystalking.com forward slash matrix. It's the perspective review of 1999's The Matrix, only from Two Guys Talking. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Unlike TV or radio ads, where every instance the ads are broadcast, they're only played once and lost forever. Perpetual advertising can have repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, and even years after they're inserted in a podcast. So even if a podcast is a few years old, your ads will still be impactful to repeat listeners as well as new listeners. This gives your advertising dollar the most bang for the buck. Find out more about perpetual advertising at twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. 
Everyone, welcome back to WhatCopsWatch.com. Our quick run through CSI New York Season 1, Episode 1, entitled Blink. Well, thanks for joining us. We have Detective Sergeant Brett Carbray with us, who's going to shed some light on real crime scene processing. Uh, Detective Carbray has a, uh, a background in crime scene processing, has lots of experience, and is actually part of the major case squad around here. It, it, it's also, yeah, thank you so much for coming. It's really special, too, because this is what I love about whatcopswatch.com is that it allows us to go and grab the people from specific skill sets that you actually physically see showcased inside of television. But you get to get a piece of that action-busting element where you see and know about what they're doing. But is that what would really happen, and can it really happen that way? This is just a – I love this piece and component of the show. It's awesome. Absolutely. For you know, getting into the first episode of CSI New York, Brett, let me paint a crime scene that they have. Uh, sure. and kind of some of the stuff that's going on. So they have multiple women that are murdered, and one of the things is they find these striations, these marks across their back, and what they're claiming is ultimately in the end they were laid across these wooden slats, kind of like a pallet type of thing or a, a bed that has these wooden slats on it. Would that really, mm-hmm. would that occur? If, you know, Would lividity settle in the body after death and cause marks like that? Yeah, absolutely. Even if they were moved from a different scene, there's some point of lividity that shows up. And, and when there's any pressure that's put up uh, on that part where the blood's pulling, you'll have darker marks. So as far as, like, pallets, you're going to see the uh, the darker marks where they where it ends. So, yes, absolutely. Okay, well, very good. So that, that was legit. They, they also had, the way that they set up this scene was they had these marks around the neck where the the suspect, the killer, placed his fingertips around the neck and tried to cut off certain arteries and such to put the person uh, in a coma. And uh, mm-hmm. as far as, a, you know, kind of like a strangulation or like a controlled strangulation or something to that effect, prior to death, would that pushing pushing on the neck and stuff, would that cause that kind of injury? Are you talking about the uh, the, the bruising marks? Yeah, the uh, bruising marks kind of had the fingertips mm-hmm. and such. Yeah, it would it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would definitely show up. Um, it depends on the muscle tone of the person, too. I mean, uh, somebody that's more developed in muscle, uh, those uh, bruises are going to show up sooner, whereas a person's not so uh, said muscle around that neck area. It may be uh, maybe 24 hours before that those bruising show up, like in the morgue and that. Okay. Very, Very good. interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And, and lastly, Brett, one of the one of the victims they had had uh, bed sores, and mm-hmm. the uh, bed sores. Now, will those occur after death, post mortem? Not post mortem. There's uh, you'll be able to see the bed sores that are there, but they will not continue after death. I mean, you have uh, decomp, yeah, uh, but uh, and that may be in those bed sores, but they you will not continue to uh, to get the bed sores after death. Okay. Well, very good. That that, uh, and I think that fits with the, how they had the storyline. The uh, the bed sores were there prior to death because you know the uh, suspect was trying to, I guess, control have a controlled strangulation. I don't know what, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And then post mortem, you know, he laid them on these slats, and we had the uh, striations across the back. So well, that's very, very interesting. interesting. I, what I what I love is the the detail, especially the actual look of what they've painted here. Now, granted, I am not a crime scene investigator of any kind, 
but I'm envisioning of again, Brett, when you look at television shows like this, are you struck at any time that they're able to get something that looks so accurate? Uh, yeah, well, a lot of times what they do is they use people that have been in the field to try to get things as accurate as possible because, uh, you know, a lot of the directors and the people that are on scene, uh, their uh, reputation's on the line. So, uh, obviously, they want something as close to real as possible because we, there is several people out there saying, nah, that can't happen. But, uh, but more and more we're seeing uh, more actual to-life type things that they, uh, they have in these programs. One of the things, Brett, that um, I've kind of been – uh, talking about here on whatcopswatch.com is the reality of how bad people can be. And as bad as you can imagine people, like we have this kind of sociopath that's going around and he's trying to strangle these women to put them into, you know, he's a former doctor, he's trying to put them into this induced coma just by strangling them and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. as I've uh, as I've told Mike here, as bad as you can imagine and think, you just can't imagine how bad some of these cases are. Can you back me up on that one? No, absolutely. In real life, I mean, you, you sit there and you, and you look at these cases. I mean, they may not be as quickly developed, you know, as far as uh, right. like on your TV programs. But, yeah, no, absolutely. These, uh, these people out there, it's uh, it's just uh, the way people are. And you, and, you, and you try to think and, you know, reason with why they develop like this or why they do things like this. Two people sometimes just... Can't. It's truly mind-boggling how, how some the things that people do. Yeah. Absolutely. Detective Sergeant Brett Carbray, thanks so much for joining us here during WhatCopsWatch.com. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Thank you. Just as there are goods inside of every television show, there's also the bad. <laughs> Yet another CSI flavor. So here we are again on CSI colon River Falls, CSI Beaver Dam, CSI Schomburg. This is another one. The difference is that this one is very important to pull off and pull off appropriately. You know, I yeah, I think it's it's yet another CSI. It's you know they're adding different flavor to it, but I think that the flavor as that might be redundant and such. The flavor to that is a good flavor because they add. They had, like I said, that you know they got Sinise in here. They've yeah. got it they're based in New York. Yeah, and I think that you know I think it rises above. I, I think it does too. And again, when I that were watching the first episode, and when I first heard that they were doing yet another CSI, I'm like, oh really? Mm-hmm. But you're right. Sinise pulls it off. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> the medical examiner's true power. Yeah, we you know kind of went into this. Not a big detail, and 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 in the CSI New York, you know, when we talk about the bads, from my in my opinion, they weren't that bad. But you know, one of the things was the medical examiner's power, and this is just based on my experiences. Mm-hmm. And it may be different, you know, in a bigger city, but mm-hmm. you know, the medical examiner has a lot of power. You know, they control a lot of things. So you know, kind of the interaction he has with the medical examiner, telling him, "Hey, you're going to do this. I need you to do this. You're going to do," you know, kind of directing him. My experience hasn't been like that. It's more or less the medical examiner telling you what to do. Right. And, you know, they are, they're in charge. They got the science behind them. They're important. They make or break that case. They, the, they, the only thing I can think there is that did they want to provide Sinise with more experience in the realm of investigating that would sure. hopefully be beneficial in regard to the investigation? Sure. And it's not common to CSI in New York. I've seen this in a lot of other police mm. procedurals where, you know, the medical examiner is just like, yeah, another, you know, crime scene investigator, you know, tell them what you want them to do and so on and so forth. Not been my experience. And like I said, they make or break the case. They've got the science behind them. If uh, they label your homicide as an accidental death, 
Good luck. Does it all have to be so dark? This is something that kind of... It's definitively taken over what is HD television. If you've got a television that's either reasonably old or reasonably crappy, you're not going to be seeing a lot of what goes on inside of this series. And again, this is our our perspective from the first episode, but there's a lot of dark. And I'm not talking about dark like the story's dark. I'm talking about look at that dark picture. Mm-hmm. Very, very dark. Dark scenes. I don't think they can pull it off, though, without that you know that tone. Maybe that sets the tone as far as, because uh, like I said, it's kind of the silence of the lambs feel mm-hmm. you know and you're going down into you know the dungeon mm-hmm. you know you, you remember the scene where they you know they had the woman on the on the respirator or whatever mm-hmm. it was and mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean it's some of those you're gonna have to uh, go into the the dark places and uh luckily i have a decent tv yeah well and i, I mean I've, I've got a reasonably decent tv too the the one is for just things to not be so dark another show that we've done previously is the 24 podcast mm-hmm. and inside of every season of 24 that also is Almost always ridiculously dark for one reason or another. Uh, just something I thought I'd mention inside the listing. Insta talk screens. How it really works. They have a scene where they, you know, the, the toxicology, if I can recall it correctly, toxicology comes right back. Mm-hmm. Usually doesn't happen like that. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's a homicide scene. It's a very, very high profile case. Maybe they speed it up, but like I said, typically. You know, you're you're waiting on toxicology to come back. And what is an average for something like that? Murder happens tomorrow in your area. Waiting no, on toxicology. To you know, maybe not. Well. You got a murder. Maybe they're going to speed it up. I don't know, but I mean, like the average toxicology that you know that goes down on uh, it goes to the ME's office and so on and so forth. I don't. You know, I'm thinking uh, at least you know three four weeks, maybe six weeks, something like that. Wow. So, And really, that's all we really had to talk negative inside of this episode of CSI New York Season 1, Episode 1, entitled Blank. What did you think? Are there other things inside of CSI New York that need a little bit of the negative light shined on them? Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's whatcopswatch.com. Click anywhere inside the contact area on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out the quick web form and tell us What could be better inside of CSI New York? Chris, it's time to open up the WhatCopsWatch.com IA case file, where we focus on a special scene item or acting portrayal inside this episode of, in this case, CSI New York, Season 1, Episode 1, entitled Blank. Chris, what struck you inside this one? You know, if I had, I guess if I had to pick one scene, it, well... It's tough. It would be between the interview with mm-hmm. the paralyzed woman. I thought that was very unique. Mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, very creative. Mm-hmm. And the ending scene. The ending scene when there really are no words, but he's going to see the 9-11 memorial mm-hmm. after they touched on something happened to his wife on 9-11. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it keeps, it keeps me guessing. And, I, and I'd probably have to lean toward that scene, the last scene. Yeah, I, I think my IA case file has got to focus also on not just those two scenes, but how they've used New York in general as a tapestry to paint all of this wonderful storytelling. I think what you and I are going to find while doing this series inside of whatcopswatch.com is that you and I have a lot of television time to plan. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's exactly what I felt when I finished this. Uh, CSI is not a regular digestible for me. Uh, The original CSI had a, there were a lot of really great notes and pinnings inside of that program. 
but it was definitively not something that I would watch regularly. Right. If I was walking by and it happened to be playing on the television, I might sit down and finish the episode. But do I know all of the characters? Do I know who died inside the series? Do I know who came back and left and all that? I have no concept of any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, however, I would visit almost specifically because of Sinise inside of it. The, the Tapestry of New York is another bonus, something that I really like and that they've been able to take it so deep inside this series is really extraordinary. I agree. Chris, it's time to provide a rating during this episode of WhatCopsWatch.com, a focus on CSI New York, Season 1, Episode 1, Blink. From 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, everything starts at a 7, you go up for positives, down for negatives. Chris, what do you got? I get. I, I'm leaning toward an eight. Okay. I thought it was pretty good. I I love Gary Sinise. I I thought that um, incredibly dynamic in this. With the writing was good. Like I said, it had the Silence of the Lambs feel. The camera shots. I loved it. I mean, it was it was good. It was pilot episode. It's eight. It's nothing that I've watched before. I typically don't like cop dramas. Mm-hmm. I like this. This is something that I would I would stick with. Yeah, I, this is something that I've definitively put inside of my watch list, haha, in, inside of the, the process of watching television. It's something I'm definitely going to find some time to watch. Uh, I think the most important part of this, other than our your and my love for, obviously, Gary Sinise, beyond the tapestry of using New York as uh, a great platform for what's going on inside of this series, what I really love and always love about series that get it is pacing. Right. Inside of this this one episode of this series... There's never a lost time for pacing, which right. is in extraordinarily rare. In particular, depending on which network you're watching, there's always going to be a spot inside of an episode, inside of a feature film, inside of any special anything that you're watching where pacing fails. Right. Not inside this episode at all. And so I'm going to jump up a little bit further than you inside of this, and I'm going to give this a nine. Nines are rare inside of our listings, but I'll tell you, Chris, we just got done watching something rare. Chris, it's time to apply for a warrant. Are we putting through a warrant for this series, or are we not? I think the uh, burden of proof here is pretty solid. I think that we have established probable cause. I think that we uh, articulated the elements, the suspect more probably than not. Um, Yeah, I think it's solid. I think the PA is going to issue. I call a warrant issued for this series, CSI New York, inside of whatcopswatch.com. That's actually where we ask you guys, what do you guys think in general of CSI New York? Let us know what you think by going again to our website over at whatcopswatch.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side inside the contact area. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. So until our next tour of duty, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris Giuseppe, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is the end of your tour of duty. Another episode of What Cops Watch has been filed in records. But another scene is taking shape. So many dirtbags, so little time. Check back again soon to whatcopswatch.com and join us back in the squad room for your next assignment. Don't be late. This isn't a request. Are you a cop? You want to tell us about what you watch and why? Contact us by visiting whatcopswatch.com. There you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, subscribe to us via iTunes, and get regular briefings directly from your duty sergeant. Thanks for listening, and remember, after your tour of duty, 
hang up your duty belt, grab some coffee, kick back in that recliner, and listen to the next episode of whatcopswatch.com.